I'm Jake. I'm Joe. What were we talking about? Shit, shit. So what's our topic today? <laughs> what is our topic? What are we talking about? What are we going to talk about? <laughs> Uh, today we're going to talk about. Uh, I legitimately forgot for for a hot second. Let's see how I throw it back on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, what are we talking about, man? Why don't you tell us? Okay. Um. Um. <laughs> pop vinyls. Yeah, that's what we're talking. Uh. No. So today we're going to talk about when is it okay to reboot a movie, reboot or remake a movie, or I'm, not okay, or not okay. Well, uh, you kind of use them interchangeably, but rule of thumb is that reboots are different than remakes. Reboots are generally restarting a franchise over again. Mm-hmm. Remakes are remaking uh, a movie again. So, like, Batman Begins was a reboot, not yeah. a remake, because yeah. it's vastly different. Um, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. A little touch. It's better. I mean, I mean, you know, Michael Keaton. It's tough to beat the Keaton. I don't know. I always had such a problem with him initially. And I don't like him as Bruce Wayne. As I've grown older... I I appreciate his uh, Batman a little bit more. His Batman I, I enjoy quite a bit now. Like again, same thing. Like as I grew up, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, because like initially, <laughs> I didn't take long. You gotta get it all out now. Yeah. Just, <laughs> we'll just, ee- <laughs> just you know, ee- sorry, this is noise ordinance. Uh, but uh, yeah, because I mean, initially my issue was mostly his physicality. Like he looks like a little short, you know, uh, guy, and it just didn't seem intimidating in that way to me. Yeah. Or had that kind of uh, menace. But I mean, if you you look at him in like Spider-Man: Far From Home, which I rewatched the other day, he's menacing. He is. He's really and you. So I mean, he's and, imposing. Uh, yeah. As a as a older man, he holds that a little more than I think the way Burton shot it in the eighties. And I mean, you you can see that he can get some of that with even like Beetlejuice or some of that. But he Burton's style always lends itself to so much more of a like a zany, almost comical yeah. setup that it doesn't really lend itself to the seriousness of what he probably could have portrayed or Burton acted was as. Definitely a weird choice to do Batman, yeah. um, considering that his pr- only pre- he, he did Beetlejuice and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. was the two that he had done prior to Batman. And watching both of those, I'm like, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, I can see it in the city aesthetic really well that he did. Yeah, that's Because, I mean, he kind of really The touched, general tone worked. He really touched it to what later became, like, the animated series. Yeah. Uh, fits really close to that style. But the problem with it, I think, to me... Well, I've never been a huge Burton fan. Not which is really weird for, like, my age group and other aesthetic interests. I really love Big Fish. I do enjoy Big Fish. Not a lot of um, people do. I don't think it's as known about as. And some not of the many other people realize really. that he did that movie. Yeah. It doesn't look like a Burton, Burton movie. And like you know, I can enjoy several of them, but I was never like a huge Nightmare on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. Almost a Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, which he produced. Yeah, which he produced. Um, and for a long time, I thought he had he actually he directed, directed it. that one. Yeah, well, I thought he directed that one. I the thought where the issue came was people were thinking that because of in like Coraline situation, uh, the same people did it. Did it. So they were thinking Tim Burton was over it, 
and wrote that story and people were like no he had nothing to do with this but yeah no he I, he produced because i thought he wrote the story originally too i think he wrote the story art, but style, he so. definitely he didn't direct it yeah it was corpus bride he directed okay. yeah um which but, is an okay one, but yeah, his movies I've never I've never really been like uh, I do like Beetlejuice. Yeah, that movie's a lot of fun. Pee Wee's Big Adventure is funny. Yeah, but that has more to do with the fact that Pee Wee Herman's already the world that was built there. Yeah, so that wasn't anything he. Um, Edward Scissorhands is fine. Yeah, Ed Wood is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Big Fish one. is really good. Um, Sweeney Todd's Sweeney fine. Todd's I, pretty solid. I enjoy but Sweeney again, Todd. That's, I think that's a that's an already built world. He didn't yeah, really build I mean, it. It's it's been a you know thing for quite a while. So yeah, I think if he it will, I mean, Alice in Wonderland was built, so that yeah. he kind of killed which, that. I mean, he always throws he puts his aesthetic on it, which is what people go generally to see is his aesthetic. But, but is it mean, or is he now more of a he's a parody of Burton than he used yeah, to be? Well, like he used to be is, kind of like oh, that's just what he always does. Now it's like he knows that's what he always does, so he amps it up to eleven. Well, I mean, I think. Part of his initial aesthetic and why people were gravitating to him was because, one, he had a bit of a, a, a goth outsider type uh, appeal that he was. Oh, all of his characters like Jack Skellington. He's you know in this world, but wants to learn about Christmas and stuff. So he's an outsider in his own world. Or Edward Scissorhands, who's an outsider in you know uh, this suburban. He doesn't really do that as much suburban anymore. world, and and yeah, and I mean I think later on he's doing Company Shill, which doesn't lend itself to what he was really which you can stretch to find yeah, the, the, the outsider thing in it like alice in wonderland is alice is the outsider mm-hmm. you can dumbo it's dumbo is an outsider but it's yeah such a stretch to get to the to what he used to be that's a that's a good tie into uh remakes the, the remake issue and one of the first things i was going to mention was the disney live action remakes and how that's a bad use of the when, it, but when would it be okay to do it? Lion I, King was a bad idea. Lion King was a bad idea. I don't think Dumbo. I don't like Beauty and the I Beast. Now, to be fair, I haven't watched Dumbo and I haven't watched Lion King. I do know that what I saw in the trailers of Lion King, there was no emotion. There was no appeal to There's you no to even heart. want to go see I didn't, it. I had no desire. I had no interest in Mulan. That. Makes sense. Mulan makes sense because one. That's an actual human person, right? <laughs> they uh, made they existed. Yeah, Mulan was an actual person. Uh, so to to do a live action biopic type story, which I mean, it's fantasized up still yeah. and sensationalized a little bit and done a different way than the troops history, right? Of it. Yeah, but uh, you know that makes sense to do as a live action film and to throw a bunch of uh, Asian. Uh, Chinese uh, actors and stuff in into that world. That's that's a cool use of uh, their talents and to bring a story that's already loved and you know try to add some of uh, Asian American or uh, actors and stuff into a, a big blockbuster, which is something that a lot of people have been calling for. And once that's once that's free on Disney Plus, I'll watch it. Yeah, because I'm not gonna pay. We 30 did. Bucks we did actually it. watch the animated Mulan today. Have um, you never seen it before? No, I, I have. Okay. plenty of times. I love. But I do like that one. Quite we a bit. It. What was funny was uh, Cinema Winds uh, released a Mulan uh, video today. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it when I come home. And I came home, and Mina or Evie was like, hey, we're gonna watch Mulan. And I was like, all right, that all works right, out. Yeah, I'll fine. watch it and watch the Cinema Winds. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that worked and that makes good sense. But and the Jungle Book 
kind of works. I and, enjoyed it, and I don't like the cartoon, though. And the reason why that kind of works is... Real the, people. There's a real person who's the narrative main story in that... Yeah. that and they so, were able... To, they, they seem to be able to put more emotion into those animals uh, than they did in Lion King. And well, I, I, I think th- it's... They looked realistic, but they weren't like... You also had John Favreau overseeing... Yeah. Well, he did Lion King too, didn't he? No. no. Oh, he did do, he Lion, did do King. Lion King too. Oh, what happened? Yeah, so... Uh, um, I don't know. I think uh, really that comes down to probably the art team and producers probably a little more than... Well, and two, I mean, Lion King, it's... It's rough to, to like, I always, if I had to go back and, like, look at it, I feel like, one, uh, Jungle Book is way more cartoony in its animation style. Like, even Lion King is cartoony and they're expressive. But they're expressive and everything, but the animals still are tied to, like, animal physics for the most part. Yeah. Besides maybe Timon and Pumbaa, some of their sillier stuff. Right. You know, you get some stretch physics and stuff with Zazu and stuff but, like that. But like Baloo and yeah, they're uh, the um, what uh, they call them um, anthropomorphized yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Um. So you know, he stands up, he talks, he, and like uh, Ka and stuff does a lot of like silly, goofy faces and floats. Which I mean, they made him very stretchy and rubbery. Yeah, it was. So they were all of a, the characters were they had a lot more of a, a cartoonish. Uh, situation and Bill Murray as Baloo is just kind of a, a win in that situation. Yeah, and the King <laughs> King Bluey, uh, Christopher Walken yeah, King Bluey, that was. But I will tell you, that was probably one of the most terrifying scenes I've yeah. ever seen in my life. And, like, holy shit! And I think really the only reason that works is because of uh, you have oh fuck, what's his name Mowgli uh, oh. in it to make it work. Yeah. Um, without Mowgli there, it would have been Lion King. You know, I think that's, that's really the issue. We need a human character, character for the most part, or someone who's expressive enough for us to really, to identify See, with. Cause like they could do, to and, go they've, through. and they've talked about doing it was remember the Robin hood with the animals. Mm-hmm. They talk about doing that as a live action movie. Yeah. They yeah. could do that as long as they keep them anthropomorphized. Yeah. They I don't need to do realistic because that would be a, ridiculous. A Zootopia style, but with more realism. Yes. That works. Um, but one thing too is like the CGI setup. Like, I enjoy CGI in some instances, but when it's it's still too uncanny valley like with those animals everything looks too clean it looks too polished um i thought they did a, i mean they looked real but yeah there were still i think it's just that we knew like it, like the airbud Bu- in a certain sense comes off better <laughs> yeah in but, the mouth. but you're right it's the uncanny valley it's like we we there's they look too close to being real to yeah. for it to be and it's like, even Beauty and the Beast, which I re- watched the the new remake of it, and it just um, it adds a couple you know nice scenes that aren't terrible to add into it. Um, I think it it goes into that um, how Mel- Bell's mother died, which I thought was interesting, um, and whatnot. But Dan Stevens was really good. Dan I think. Stevens always good. I mean, he's act- always good though. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, he's awesome. And uh, I love him in Legion. Um, but the thing is, is like even the Beast looks plasticky a little bit to me everything it's it's same way with like music for me and i'm kind of 
become a bit of a, a, a stump. Knives Out does it well, but like the argument of like film versus digital, uh, I, I I'm pro film more so. Now Knives Out they added f- uh, digital features to make it appear to have a bit of grain, yeah, and a part of a bit of the uh, diffusion in light and stuff like that that film usually has. Uh, so that worked okay to give it an aesthetic, but part of my issue, it's kind of like the same way with music that's overproduced when it's so clean and so precise and every note is perfect and everything's pitched, it, it, it loses all of its soul. Right. And that's a, I I see, I'm, I see, I'm more of a, I don't care. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like film or or digital, all I care more, I care more about the story If the story is good enough. Now, I mean, there's obviously other factors yeah. involved. As you said, like the story we know for Lion King is great. It's a great story that yeah. was stolen, but it was a great <laughs> yeah. story. Um, <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> I was talking more Kimba. But <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. The white lion. Yeah. yeah. But it was um, a great story, but obviously you need it. You need a delivery device, and they just didn't have it with the animals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And because. Especially, that's one of the reasons why anthropomorphized animals work in those cartoons is because their eyes and things are expressive and you yes. can still see all the emotions. If you make them too realistic, those animals don't have eyebrows to make I, those I, I did see somebody yeah. had fixed yeah. uh, the, and looks better. Works well. Uh, um, so, uh, moving away from the Disney, though, like, yeah. they're... they're Basically, when it comes to the Disney stuff, if there's a human in it, I'll probably give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, just like they're going to do Hercules. Yeah. I'm totally down for that because I think that would work really well as a live-action movie. Emperor's New Groove. It, it could. Um, I have other they? I have other problems with Hercules, but that's, that's here and there. Let's, no, 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 no. No, no. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, it's just... Let's it's, hear it now. It's <laughs> my, my uh, mythology uh, oh, geek yeah, nerd yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah. name's Heracles. Damn it! Oh my God, Hercules is his Roman name. He's in Greece. Call him Heracles. Damn it! No, Hercules. Uh, Hercules. That's a good movie though, right? Yeah, like, that's a I, really I love solid movie. Hercules. Like, yeah, somebody his, his I, little fucking. Uh, he's got. I said fucking. Uh, the that's yeah, all right. We get one. It's PG thirteen. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> Fuck I, your secrets. <laughs> Um, the uh, Air Herc, Herc uh, sneakers. Yeah, call IXII. I'm kind of sad they didn't get uh, um, him to play uh, Hades again. Who? Uh, James Woods. James Woods. I was getting ready to say that though because I, I've I heard, heard some. Yeah, I've know, heard, uh, shady somebody, stuff here recently. So somebody said something on one of the movie groups I was a part of on Facebook, and they're like, "They should just get James Woods. There's no reason they shouldn't." I'm like. Ah uh, no, there's a lot of reasons they shouldn't yeah. like. Didn't aren't they? Don't they have Johnny Depp playing him? Or no, it's yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. That's who it is. Oh shit, they've already cast it. Yeah, it's Robert Downey Jr. who's playing uh, Hades, I believe. That could work actually. Um, I can double check, but I'm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hi. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons that James Woods can't be uh, Hades, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can. Uh, but like I, my choice honestly was um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. I thought he'd be pretty good with the rubbery face and. Yeah, but I don't know. I want Hades to also. I mean, I think Jim Carrey can be imposing and and 
you know, whatnot. But I don't, and like I hate to say, he doesn't have the physicality because he's, you know, he's what he's kind of known for. Yeah, he's definitely physical, but like I don't know. I just feel like I'd like someone a little more meaty, a little more golemy. I could do Andy Circus would be good. Oh yeah, he he'd be, be wonderful. Good. Hades that works better for me. You guys might not be able to tell from the flawless editing, but we took a break for a second to look up the supposedly elite cast list. It, 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 trust me, the, you you won't even notice the cut because it's going to be <laughs> so precise, so flawless. Uh, no, and we had there was, it, it said it was leaked, but I'm positive that it's just somebody made it up because it's well, I don't know, like. One of the guys, Noah Centineo, Centineo, no clue no. who that is at all. But yeah, they had like Goldblum as Hades and Ian McShane as Zeus. Like it's a pretty much a dream cast of people. Uh, and then obviously Danny DeVito as Phil. I'd be kind of interested with Kurt Russell as Zeus too. That could also work. Kurt Russell, <laughs> Herc, my boy. That would actually be pretty good. It works. Especially if they put Chris Pratt as Hercules again. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be perfect. Star-Lord. Who did I pick? Ego. Uh, Army Hammer is who I want to see as uh, as Hercules. Yeah. Yeah, Hercules would be good, but I feel like they'll try to do kind of what they did with Beauty and the Beast and make it uh, more serious-esque. Yeah. And that will ruin a lot of the charm. Yeah, because a lot of the, you're right. A lot of the charm of a lot of the charm of most of the Disney movies is that they're they do have a really usually a pretty good meaning and and story behind yeah. them. But it they're goofy. They they, they, they have can, irreverent. They, they play to kids, especially like Hercules, like where he's getting painted and has scars. Uh, yeah, back on or like the the air hurt. Which and they, the, could, they could do the same thing again, but yeah. with the real scar. Yeah, and, like that'd be kind of. But cool. like I think the only way that would work is if they do a Knight's Tale on it. Yep. Do modern uh, yep. music and modern uh, jokes and stuff, but yes. lay it in the old Greek world. You're right. Yeah, that would be. That would I be, think that would be entertaining. Yeah. Good pool. Night's Tale. Yeah. Like, not a lot of people pull that movie. That movie's Skills. good. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's got uh, what? Uh, Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger. And then um, Vision. Uh, Paul Bettany. And Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. And, and uh, Robert Baratheon. Yeah, I can't don't know the actor's Fred name. Fred Flintstone. Fred Flintstone. Oh, that hurts. That's but yeah, he's great in that movie. Uh, and it's got the guy I always mistake as uh, Joaquin Phoenix here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've right. looked up his name several times because I'm like, it's not Joaquin Phoenix. I, I, I know who you're talking about. I think it's because I watched uh, Gladiator, Gladiator a lot, and yeah. he plays kind of a similar dickhead uh, ruler, ruler sort of character. Guy. Which the other guy's a knight, just kind of yeah, a not really. high end pompous knight. Uh, but if you haven't watched Night's Tale, go do it. So if they do um, people in it, generally it could it could be okay to remake yeah. the movie um, because otherwise you're well one it's not live action it's CG which it's it's just another form yeah. of animation yeah um, but at, at that point we're kind of splitting hairs on it because it's yeah so that's kind of a frustrating. Uh, sense of tame yeah, but biggins in here one of the uh other so like i'm not super fond of the disney remakes uh particularly <laughs> um but another one i was going to mention was like like one of my concepts for it really is that <laughs> there's 
If you guys don't know, there's a, his cat just jumped on the table and is He's touching our mics. Yeah, so you might hear some fuzziness. Get out of here, you fuzzball. You can't have my coffee. He's going to have it. I'll do to you what I do to my cats. Scare you. Don't do that. I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, he will. No, I mean, he will scratch the shit out of somebody in this room. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> and it won't probably be you. It'll be me. <laughs> Sick him. <laughs> he, he might murder me. <laughs> you brought him in here. <laughs> no. Uh, the cats just are, are afraid of me because I'm large and move quickly. And they're like, ah, he's going to kill us all. Oh, that's why my cats aren't afraid of me because I don't move quickly. <laughs> I'm large. Yeah. <laughs> they love on the kids. And every time I get up to like go grab something, I'm like, ah, flee. <laughs> I don't know. Um, fly, you fools. Fly, you fools. Um, but one thing I was going to uh, mention of like a good remake was like uh, I, I enjoyed. The, I recently rewatched the Evil Dead series, and the Evil Dead remake uh, was a really good because it's it's a reboot, but it's a sequel. But it's a sequel. It's in universe. But one of the things that I thought was really nice because it is kind of a, a reboot of the franchise. Yeah, is that they took um, what had made the initial movie good with some of the um, really bloody, really gory uh horror story and which they're kind of the founders of the cabin in the woods yeah. essentially not so much with you know there's jason and some of those like camp counselor type situations but uh they took that story and initially the original one it's you know a group of friends going and they fall into this they summon basically a demon and they all all his friends start getting possessed and he has to fight and he took that and they updated it and they had a female lead yep and they made it character focused and they retold it in a new form where she was having uh drug abuse issues and going through withdrawal which made her an unreliable character to the other yes ones when she tries to present her uh the problems that are going on the possession and problems that are going on and so they i and i think that's one of the main needs of a, a story if they're going to remake it is to throw something is to original bring into something it. original or something that uh is a new character driven focus not to retell the story exactly as it yeah. was before if you have something new to say like one of the things he said about it was that this was the movie he would have liked to make if he had had the budget yes. and the experience that he, he gained later on and so he remade it with that new experience on how to do a character focused story and how to uh, up the special effects and really make it a little bit more impactful where it now is a withdrawal and drug abuse allegory yeah within a really bloody gory horror story and i love that movie i thought the movie was fantastic one yeah i i, I stopped calling it a uh, it's a reboot because it reboots the whole franchise mm -hmm. and because of it we did get ash versus the evil dead mm -hmm. um but because it's a sequel yeah. because and that's i think that's where i first started using the term reboot cool yeah because but, it's essentially what it, because it, but they're continuing off with another one called evil dead rise so it might follow that one the new reboot storyline so i don't know that ash 
and the original trilogy happened in that universe happened in this universe. They have that little cutaway gag at the end where he picks her up, and which I think is to, is to imply it is same well, universe. It's a alternate ending. Some there's another ending that doesn't I, have. Yeah, them. and they wish they would have. I heard they shot it. Yeah. But so it, and I mean, if you watch the original trilogy, the first movie and the second movie, they didn't own the rights to the first movie when so they, they did they the just second. Remade the second. So they the first remade movie. some of the parts of the first movie. So I mean. Really, it's whatever they do with the reboot. Which is confusing, by the way, if you go into that. Because the first time I watched those movies, I had no idea that it, was what they did. It didn't confuse me. I just totally synced it in as that when the spirit follows him out of the door in the first movie and it attacks him, he was revisiting it in like a dream hallucination with a different situation. Like he was forced back there with a new group and it all happened and he was getting bits and pieces of both storylines dad didn't get that and then because he initially wakes back up in that spot right after all those events happen so i took it as yeah so i took it as he was having a hallucination dream sequence from the spirit entering him and so it never threw me off initially but then i went back and like heard everyone or him specifically talking about like how yeah we had to do this and a lot of people got confused by it and i was like oh i guess it is Maybe because all I went didn't into take it, it that way. But. I went into it knowing I'd watch the first. I think I watched the first one, and then it was a little while later. And then I watched the second one, yeah. and I remember thinking, I was "Like, I've seen this all before." Well, what's funny is they 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 uh, put pick. Uh, there's a different actress for every single time his girlfriend's on screen. Yeah, in each movie, which is wonderful. Because uh, it plays into the kind of the B movie yeah. aesthetic of of all of it, really. Um, yeah, but they're making a, a, another movie called Evil Dead Rise that that's, from what I hear, is supposed to take place after the current Evil Dead movie, The Evil Dead. Um, uh, and he's as for The Evil Dead, not going to be taking no, place? No, he's, they're not continuing that. Uh, that got canceled after the third season, yeah. and he said he was retiring as Ash. Um, but he was going to produce this next one, and the guy that's directing it is who Sam Raimi picked to continue the series. And then, but also, I think like this week he did a press conference type thing at a, a drive-in theater, and they were like, uh, you know, talking about asking him whether he'd be in it because everybody wants to see more of Ash Williams' yeah. character. And he was like, "I kind of should be, shouldn't I?" But I don't know. I, I really he's you know, gonna be in yeah, it. Like, he's kind of a. They'll probably kill him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That'd be the only way. I was kind of thinking they were going to. I've started watching Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm like into season two. And uh, the way it looked like it was playing off, like they were trying to put one of the younger kids as like his replacement, because yeah, a lot of the gotten, jokes are I, about him being old. I've only gotten, I think, I got through the first season and started the second season, but I haven't gotten much farther than that. Um, not because I didn't like it, just because. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I looked it up. It had the first season has ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The net, second and third have a hundred percent both. What? <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, they both have hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes at the time when I Damn. Uh, looked it up. But, but that's yeah. That's yeah, the way you reboot a movie, reboot or remake a movie. If you're gonna do it, add something new to it. And that's yeah. Scarface is a, probably a great example of that, probably, um, because I'm not a huge fan of that movie because I think that movie is overly long and really into itself. Um, the last time I watched that was probably 12 years ago. I was gonna say it was. I was much younger the last time I watched it, but I remember thinking even at the time I was like, this movie's too long. And then by the end of it, and the more I've thought about it, the more I've gone back and revisited it, I'm like, this, I just don't dig it. But the movie added so much to the point that 
nobody realizes that it itself is a remake. Yeah. Nobody knows that it was based off of a movie that was about gangsters and the uh and prohibition. Yeah. And um which is that itself is not a good movie either. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember enjoying the uh, Al Pacino Scarface. I yeah, I enjoy yeah, I enjoy I it for it. I can enjoy it, but like I can't. I don't think I've gone back and revisited yeah, like watched I haven't it again either. because it's just it's, the the it's the, overblown. Yeah, well, the story set up and things. It's it's not uh, Scarface. Uh, the character has never uh, been someone that I'm like. Yeah, you know, like necessarily behind the, the yeah, games. Yeah, like hell yeah. If, that's... You know, you're into, you know, fucking over the wall, and that's kind of, you know, you appreciating that kind of characterization. Yeah, I mean, I see where that's that's more appealing, but yeah, it just never really kind of like, uh, I didn't attach myself to the character very well. Yeah, it, it was uh, hard to, I yeah, I could never really attach myself to, to Tony Montana, and it was, I thought it was like, I was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a criminal. I don't really give a shit yeah. about him. I got a, another list of, of several good ones and kind of why uh, I, I like these. Um, the Fly, the Jeff Goldblum one. Yep. Um, I think that's a really good uh, revision because, one, the original one was quite an old black and white film. That, and, uh, again, not really good. Not not great. Um, and, you know, with the emerging technology and the uh, special effects they were able to do, and you know you get certain actors that um, can portray a part unlike other people, um, and if you get someone that really can uh, bring something new to the the table, and I mean, um, or a director that really has a, an interesting vision, especially with something like an old black and white short, a lot of times they didn't have the time ability, they didn't have uh, none of the technological ability to really tell that story, and then if it's been long enough. I think you do have an ability to to retell it and retell give it, it and give it to a, a new audience. Yeah, and give it. A, a how long? How long do you think? Thirty uh, years. I feel like kind of yeah, somewhere in there at least, um, before it really uh, changes. And there's some stories that I think work well because they can be placed in. Uh, you know, you could put certain characters and storylines in the future, in the past, in modern day, and it all tells something that can work for the present audience. And stories like that, I don't think necessarily need to be remade. Right. But if you are, you can use those formulas for everything else. Like I've mentioned recently, like the uh, Kurosawa films I've been watching a lot, um, they took the samurai uh, situations and changed them to gunslingers in a Western setting and created, you know, a lot of the, the popular Westerns. And so you were able to take uh, ideas and concepts from another culture and apply it and make it relevant to the culture that was, or uh, appealing to the culture that was there. Right. Um, so, I mean, like something like that sometimes is, is a, a cool thing when you can take a motif or a storyline and, and uh, adapt it to a new audience. Um, but keep, the uh, spirit of the storyline. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a reasonable reason to do that. Where because uh, there are a lot of reasons where uh, an original story or something like that that's from another culture. There's a lot of people that just aren't going to watch it, right? Simply for the fact of like I don't want to read subtitles or I don't that's understand. True. You get you get a lot of movies that are 
remade. You get okay, so let the right one in. Mm-hmm. Uh, was remade here, and that helps out a lot of people who don't like to read subtitles. Who that that and there are and there's also I mean it's a it's a different movie too. Like it's not yeah. exactly the same. But again, that's it goes to adding something to it to make it its own thing. Yeah, and make it fit because there are cultural nuances that do not read well yeah. in other cultures. Um, so I mean, and like. A lot of uh, see like a lot of Asian type movies like Japanese animation or some of the movies or like if you watch like Drunken Master and a lot of the Chinese uh, martial arts films, there's a lot of slapstick in those movies. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of more their comedy style that that culture enjoys more is some of the slapstick, silly humor. Like yeah, that would have only really worked back in the 80s or yeah. 70s. Well, yeah, probably farther back when you go into like... Um, vaudeville. Yeah, some of the vaudeville stuff and you know, Three Stooges and you know some of those... You get some of it up in you know 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. You know. But generally, yeah, it's, it's a different kind of slapstick when it gets yeah. to the 90s, I think. But it kind of takes slapstick as more of a childlike thing and yeah. you want more uh, uh, you know, sarcastic wit uh, later on for an adult audience. Whereas... You know, they still enjoy some of the slapstick for the serious. But it's... Um, Plus, I mean, if you watch a Jackie Chan fight, you're seeing slapstick mixed with, uh, you know, his martial arts skills and action scenes. You know, he'll be fighting someone, then burn his hands on something and be, you know, swinging his hands around wild and end up slapping someone in the face. It's kind of it's part yeah, of it. Part of the fun. It's great, it. and it works here. But some of it doesn't <laughs> um, come off the same way, depending on who the director is and who their audience is. Um, I mentioned Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, yeah, that's another one. With, that's a uh, Rick Moranis, and you know them doing it in color, and them uh, in the original short, black and white short, is good. It's enjoyable. It's still watchable. Um, we on a long time frame here? No, no. I was making sure it was still recording. Okay. I was like, Woo. I was uh, going to be really bummed out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they were able to add, you know, color. They were able to add a lot more, uh, you know, the musical element and really make it uh, a lot more of a, it became more of a cult classic for that version than the previous version. And I think that, you know, again, you're taking out of a black and white medium. You're adding a higher budget. You're adding a longer length of time. And it, it makes it... Uh, it's it's changed enough to where it's not, you know, a cut and paste. And I think that's it's if you can add something unique really to that new movie, which is that's I think that's uh, kind of a key thing when it comes to when it's okay to reboot or remake a movie mm-hmm. is if you can add something fresh to it, add something brand new that the old audience hasn't seen, mm-hmm. and it also improves upon improves or, upon or and introduces it to a younger audience that's that's mm-hmm. the whole point of remakes anyways and I, I i don't have a generally a problem with remakes because uh, it does introduce movies to younger audiences and they go back and they watch now here, here's where too like um jumanji i was going to mention because the original jumanji if they tried to remake that exact story we would have been had an issue with yeah, because you're stepping on Robin Williams, Robin Williams and we all agree upon that. As generally, soon as I remember as soon as I read because it, it started out, they kept saying that it mm-hmm. was a remake, and I'm like, yeah. no. And I think if they had tried to done uh, had done that, it would have flopped because of the audience who holds that performance precious. Yes, 
Um, and a lot of his movies specifically would fall into a lot of that category. Mrs. Doubtfire is getting remade. Yeah. And again, if they... Or a sequel. They put it in a unique twist, maybe, or, or change it's it. It's got to be real tough. If it's, even then, it's real tough. A lot of people had an issue with Will Smith Aladdin. being Aladdin. And but I think I, Will Smith did it. I haven't watched it. I've only seen bits of it. Will Smith did a good job of making it his own. Yeah. And which, that was very important to do because yeah. you had to make sure that he wasn't just trying to copy. Yeah. And I, I like Will Smith, and I think he's a good actor. Um, but I don't think he was the person that could step up to that role necessarily. No, there was only one actress that should have played. Actress? Yes. And I, it, this that? is my theory was the only way to truly step away from Robin Williams and to make sure nobody focused on that was cast Kate McKinnon in the role. I don't she, know. She, if you cast a female comedian or comedian, mm-hmm. Uh, hit that in. I hate that shit though, because it's like just call them a comedian. They're comedians. Who yeah. cares? Um, <laughs> you cast a female comedian into that role, they can make it their own. They can be funny. Yeah. yeah. And I guess then that's they have to be Kate McKinnon. But I thought yeah. I felt like it should have been her. her. I I've only seen her a couple of things, and I enjoyed her. But I I don't know if she still had that uh, amount of star power as. And I understand that's why you needed to cast somebody. That's why they partially why I feel they. Like Will Smith because he's someone who is at that kind of not let you know legend but you know he's he, kind, of a legend. kind of legendary status of a list type I am legend yeah I am legend he is the legend um but I mean and he, like I said he's a good actor I really I think he I don't like his comedies as much as his drama performances yeah I, uh, I see now and I'm I know I'm in a minority here but like uh I enjoy Hitch I think I, Hitch is a great I, movie I, I I, I agree. It's a strong word. I enjoy Hitch. <laughs> I get that. It's not bad. None of his, but I mean, it's all. But the only reason any of his comedies work, or really, any of his movies, even his bad movies, work, because he's charming. Yeah, it's hard to hate but that dude. I, I think what what bothers me is like all of his like, um, I don't know, Men in Black, Independence Day, um, all those. I really I like those movies. But he hits all the same yeah. joke notes when he plays that character, and I was afraid Aladdin would be those joke notes again. And what I've seen, I've not ha-ha, seen, I have make not, this look good. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, no. I have not seen. Uh, I've not seen it all the way through, but I've seen uh, that, bit, that, that family right. guy <laughs> skit. Um, but it was um, what I watched of it, like. He didn't hit those notes. It okay. was very much a little better played. Yeah, off, but, but I, going back, I don't think you see Genie's not where you needed the star power. I don't think Jafar is where you needed the star power. You needed a yeah. better, villain. you needed a better actor to play that villain. That villain yeah. is pretty iconic, and they just picked it. And I'm not saying anything against the. I mean, I'm sure the yeah. dude's a fine actor, but he was not right for that role. Yeah, I mean, if you had had a a. a better antagonist or an antagonist with really strong star power that makes it uh the aladdin character play off a little bit uh yeah. better because well they put this person against this person yeah and maybe have minimized the genie role a little bit more might yeah. have might have played off better but i just yeah i don't think we have really a robin williams-esque character in our generation and until you have that again I don't feel you really, you know. Can so you're saying there's not going to be a live action Ferngully remake? 
I mean, I'd hope not. <laughs> That'd be awful. I'm know. Betty. That'd be kind of interesting. I want it only if Tim Curry does yep. the voice. <laughs> what was this. that monster called? Uh, um, I, I believe he's like pitch pitch black or something, pitch something. The, yeah so i listened to his uh someone mentioned that his uh his song in that film is a sexual awakening for several people uh women and i rewind i'm like oh it is it is kind of yeah it's tim curry so it's sexy it's, oh. <laughs> i just rebought the uh, uh 45th anniversary of rocky horror picture show on blu-ray man i try to go back i because michelle had never Misty watched it, it. Michelle had never watched it before, and I was like, well, let's watch it because I love this movie. It's yeah. awesome. We started watching it, and I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> and so she was, she's like, yeah, I don't like this. What do you think? And I'm like, it's it's got a couple good songs in it. And we started watching it along. I'm like, God, I think damn it's, it, this that, is boring. That, that's one of those movies that are great depending on the audience you're watching it with. Yeah, this is – I think I needed to watch it with like – like Misty loves it and knows every single word and sings along with the song, so it's like a little bit more fun. And I, I think you know part of it too is the whole cult classic idea where like the people would go to the theater and dress up and yeah, you know, had the the gags per what is said on the show. I will say like that. that I have watched The Room with an audience, like yeah. in a theater. Uh, as Tommy Wiseau was there, yeah. That is a completely a different, different experience. Yeah. That was I think magic. The Rocky Horror Picture Show setup is is a similar. But to be fair, situation. I do love the room legitimately. I know. Like I can watch it by myself and be just have a good old time. We watched uh, Disaster Artist and really enjoyed it. That's a really good movie, right? Yeah. They, they did a good, enjoyable job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty happy with that. I gotta watch um, it again, actually. Another, uh, but I would say, yeah, they took Jumanji and instead of trying to retread on on that step, they did their own version of the story. They, they updated the the yep. uh, video game aesthetic. They added an homage to Alan Parson. Uh huh. And then they had, um, you know, The Rock and Kevin Hart, who were just two of the biggest, uh, you know, and great together. They have such they, killer chemistry. Chemistry, and so I mean, and it sold but if they had tried to remake the original it would not have worked that way well it was the thing when they first said that it was a remake and they were like we've got to cast the rock and kevin hart I'm like the fuck <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry for the cursing but like <laughs> um another one i was gonna mention was the nutty professor oh yeah that is a remake isn't it yeah that movie's not good either uh it was great when we were kids when we were younger it was it was it it's was wonderful that's the thing it's very sophomore humor it's very well, yeah, yeah you can yeah. really only watch it whenever you're <laughs> in that age range like but um beyond that you know, you're like oh and you had the star power of eddie murphy and stuff thrown in there and uh you know it's it's a different setup for it's a, a different time. good time yeah for you know 90s eddie murphy uh Filling it, you know, and doing all the the characters of the clumps and whatnot all together and stuff like that made it uh, a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I was going to mention, which I have not yet watched, but I'm intending to, uh, which I think is another good reason to re-examine a, a story, which this isn't a remake per se, but uh, Lovecraft Country. Um, because one of the things that... You know, there's a lot of people who love H.P. Lovecraft's stories, and I do. Uh, they're really enjoyable. The Cthulhu Mythos is is really interesting, really good to watch. And um, them taking that story and J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele, Peele and uh, Misha Barton, I want to say. Mm, is no. It? No. What's the 
the girl, the main girl's name is she played she just played uh, Black Canary in uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Let me because I don't want to not uh, in all of the wow I am having troubles it's taking too long Misha Green um to take a story that one of the main issues of Lovecraft's work for a lot of people is that it's got a lot of uh, racist uh, remarks and he was kind of known as a bit of a racist and had had issues uh, with that and it's kind of a blight on uh, that story for a lot of people and to take that story and integrate it to a uh, African American centric uh, story about their plights in uh mid 90s or 1900s um is a really interesting take and it's being show run by uh two african-american people and so to take that and re-examine it and make it anew through that lens is kind of a beautiful thing for people who do appreciate that work yeah like they do but to re-examine it and filter it in this way i think it's a really cool idea and it's something that's interesting in being done is uh so covering and also you forgot to mention the thing um the thing yeah that's a remake yeah i i it's, didn't list all remakes <laughs> no you said but you said all good ones and you mentioned the fly no, before I you said, mentioned the I thing said i had a few good ones listed but you mentioned the fly before you mentioned I, the thing i i like the old thing <laughs> no you don't <laughs> Nobody likes the old. Right. Wait, which one are you talking yeah, about? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I know. Well, because there's two remakes. Yes. So. Well, this. no the the one from like, shut up. <laughs> the one from like Cat. 2011 or whatever. Yeah. Is a prequel. Okay. Well. And then right. the because it was supposed to be a remake. Yes, the and original. Well, I, the I, one the, from the, the Kurt Carpenters. Russell. Yes. Carpenters. Uh, yeah. John Carpenter's the thing is, is probably the greatest remake is of all time. Is wonderful. Actually, it was we were talking about that earlier. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I'm not arguing that. All right. <laughs> I just well, it wasn't I just wanted to make sure that got mentioned in, right, a, in, yes. a, in the same breath as the fly. The thing is wonderful. I just recently watched. Uh, they live again. Uh, uh, last yeah, week. yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched. God, Men- I haven't watched that in forever. Mentioning John Carpenter. Um, Here to eat uh, bubble gum and kick ass. Was that Carpenter or was that Wes Craven? No, it's John Carpenter. Was it Carpenter? Pretty sure. Look her up. I'm. I'm. I. I'm. I'm, I think you're right. Ninety-five percent sure it's. Uh, John Carpenter. I made myself not sure because as soon as you said it, like, yeah, I was like, wait, no, is it? John Carpenter. Yes. Okay. Okay. I also watched. uh, He had an anthology storyline that I I watched the other day, and he plays like a. uh, yeah a dead body in the morgue who's walking around introducing movies um oh cool i can't think of what it's called but uh um yeah it was- so speaking of i mean obviously we're talking about remakes are there any movies that you can think of that are sh- should never be touched hmm. no matter how long time goes <sighs> i mean um 
there's there's things that like I have a hard hard time with this because like I feel like there are a lot of movies that I hold that movie as kind of uh, with a bit of respect and sacredness in that you know um, dude where's my car exactly uh, <laughs> those actors that director the budget and the time in which those movies were made and created is a testament to the time that they were in. So like if you tried to redo seven without the nineties, uh, New York, I don't even think that, I mean, well, not, I mean not just that. Well, Cause it's not even necessarily placed in New York, but yeah, I'm saying placed that, in Gotham city, yeah, but I'm saying the crime rate and issues that were going on in New York at the time is what it was kind of referencing. Yeah. And then you get the aesthetic of, like I said, the film grain, and then like Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman and Fincher. David Fincher, yeah. Yeah. Uh, directing. And, uh, you know, so it's it's just a really good conglomeration of people that it worked out in this way. They edited it this way. It fit in with a bit of the social conscience of the time. Yeah. Um, and to redo that, and you couldn't remake it uh, exactly. Like, you would remake really that film. You would really have to. You'd have to throw a unique take s- on it. Something, have uh, some sort of unique or, take. Or, honestly, just a straight sequel to it would probably be uh, if, if they had felt the need to revisit that world. Yeah. They did write a sequel to it at one point. I remember that. Morgan did. Freeman was a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i read about that that yeah. was upsetting but uh, i was like really yeah. that's that was the next logical uh, yeah, step that was the next step um but yeah so like there's some movies like that that just um really uh it's it's kind of i think you know and a lot of directors kind of talk about this that it's such a uh collaborative thing that there's so many people and so many times like to get a movie made in a way where it hits with an audience a certain way is kind of, uh, you know, magical. Yeah. It's a very, it's a rare event for it to hit that way. Yeah. And to take, um, any modern day actor, like if I could try to like recast that right now without Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, um, and take that movie and then try to, um, do it with today's digital filming generally, and uh, modern actors and the sensibilities of the audience in what a horror movie is or a thriller, I don't think it comes off. It doesn't catch the audience in the same way. No, it definitely wouldn't be as good. No, that's not the same thing because obviously, like we just said, you have the thing, you have fly. It can be done it in can some be, movies. Yeah, but, but something th- like that would be considerably tougher because that story yeah. already still holds up and even today it, gets, it still holds up it's, it's still a great film it's hard to imagine a, a way in which you can add anything new to it I think like what we were talking about earlier with like The Fly or The Thing or some of those old movies um, they're weak and low budgeted to begin with so going up, up is, not hard. is not as hard to really enhance it and take an interesting small concept and expand on it but to take something that's already kind of held as one of the grander uh, films in cinema and redo that better is kind of a worthless effort. Well, I was thinking like, because like you always hear talk of uh, Robert Zemeckis said that while he's alive, Back to the Future will never be remade. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that movie should ever be remade, even after he dies. And if I remember correctly, his estate is uh, under like rules to not yeah have it remade. Now, in Back to the Future, I I've watched I believe only the first one. Oh. Yeah, I know it's it's on my to do list. It's been there for a while. Um, it's Why just, are we even doing this podcast? It's, it's never caught my attention that bad. Um, but I think I didn't watch a lot of the eighties. Uh, films that I should have took you forever to watch Ghostbusters. I know I didn't I hadn't even seen Ghostbusters, so I was like nineteen or twenty. Um, you were older than that, somewhere around there, because we were friends. Yeah, I was. I was friends Wait, when I was younger. Friends? Oh, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, no. it's, yeah. it's been like fifteen, fifteen years or something. Fuck, <laughs> we're old. I don't know if you know this yet. Oh my god, I've been, I've been married to my current wife <laughs> for a long time i've seen two wives in your, yeah, in your life seen me go through two wives and my my oldest is 13 and you <laughs> oh god <laughs> no and you were there when she was a little bitty baby oh um she's a young woman now um now we're just sad uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, so, like, uh, I hadn't watched a lot of those early ones. And, two, it was an 80s film, and I, you know, was born in 88. So, I mean, I'm not – it doesn't hit me the way it would have a right. young kid in the 80s. Um, and so I don't hold it as, as sacred, uh, but I, I understand where the nostalgia for that is film is but i think i think the concept is good enough to where you could play with that today and make it work and that's i hear a lot of people say and i don't i i don't think you should but it also is i'm that's speaking from pure i don't think you're nostalgia but you know going from an 80s perspective of what the uh because i imagine now they would go to the 80s yeah and then to the future they go to the future which would be 24 40, 20, 50 or something like yeah. that. Which that I think works in that you're going to get the eighties nostalgia for the people that are now in, you know, 2020 and you know, you're not going to get big, uh, big self, uh, lacing shoe skateboard shenanigans for the future. Yes, you will. In the same, that's the fun, you know? So it would, it would be played for... I think that's something that could play as a, a new setup. Yeah, you're not going to have Christopher Lloyd and... Uh, Michael um, J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. But I don't think um, that Michael J. Fox necessarily... Like, he fit for the time of the 80s and works. Like, I could see another young actor now playing that role. Tom Holland. Yeah, he's not... Well, That's I, the go-to. Yeah, mm. but I'm not... I don't think I don't necessarily think he needs to be there, but no, I don't think so either. I'm saying that's the yeah, go-to. Go Everybody go-to. always is always Tom Holland. And Jim Carrey is Christopher Lloyd, and it works. Uh, he's he's getting up there. He can be wacky. Uh, yeah, I mean it works out. Um, that or I always like tie Christopher Lloyd also with the uh, I can't never think of his name. Uh, he's the other wet bandit in Home Alone. He's in Bushwhacked. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why those two. Always, I think yeah, that's because Daniel they're, Stern. Is yeah, a, they're is both a, tall, lanky, and wacky with I'm like big hair. I'm more amazed that you pulled bushwhacked. Yeah, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? 
Like I was like, who you besides was, me? And who besides me has seen that movie? Oddly, threw in in my head was a heavyweights, and I was thinking of Ben Stiller's performance. Just popped in my head too. Yeah, like Ben Stiller can play that character he too. He went manic and fucking kicky. Yeah. I like seeing Ben Stiller and stuff too. I don't know why. Eh. I enjoy him. I watched one of his more recent movies. Eh. One of his more serious, depressing yeah, films. Yeah, it's just, I'm like, eh. with Adam Driver, the one with Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but it's not good. Uh, it's really boring. But, uh, yeah. I don't think it's boring. I didn't give, of, I didn't give a shit about uh, any of the characters in it. Duplex. No. Ben Stiller. No. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know why. Ben Stiller, nostalgic. I don't understand people's attraction to Adam Driver, but it's fine. I'm not gay. So. Uh, but it's something I, that keeps getting thrown up, uh, like thrown out, like how sexy is it? I'm like, I think I it has a it, lot to do with his personality. He I, comes I mean, off like I a good that. dude. Throws out the charisma, yeah, but yeah, physicality. He's a little, I don't know, not my type. That's new, new subgenre in this. It's, it's just not my type. Not my type. Hashtag not my type. <laughs> Uh, I can um, <laughs> he's got he's got one of those faces as Misty likes to say. Uh, that was her thing with Ray Liotta constantly. She's like, I, I don't want to watch a movie with him. It's just something about his face. <laughs> he's got one of those faces. He does have <laughs> one of those faces. And she used to fit. Uh, oh, what's his name in there? Um, he's in Parks and Rec. Uh, what Swanson? No. Um. Oh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, but he won her over in Parks and Rec. So. Harden, and yeah. Perkins, and Perkins, but uh, literally, <laughs> literally, um, yeah, it's one of those faces. Uh, was the was the term? Uh, it was a German term for wanting to slap ha- someone having a face you want to smack. It's oh. just a slap. It's a specific phrase. You're not gonna tell us what it is. Uh, no, I'm trying to remember it specifically. Oh. But uh, so okay, so we cover movies that shouldn't be, or that we're good. Good, good interpretations of it. I think, uh, like, uh, one of the things I mentioned for like a bad one, uh, one was the Disney remakes, but then the um, Death Wish, like Bruce Willis. Yeah, that um, was it, it, honestly, if that had been called anything but Death Wish, it would have been a fine action movie. Yeah, but like people were talking about, like the original was essentially a angry white man shooting down Hispanic gangs and people of color for his angry vengeance. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily, we don't need more of that. But it was, um, I didn't watch the, the remake, but it just, I watched the remake. The remake wasn't, um, bad per se. You know, it's a good, uh, it's not really relevant, but surrogates. Did you ever watch that? I've never watched that before. No, it's fairly enjoyable. Uh, I I like a lot of that's during the time like that's right at the tail end of his career. Yeah, and I'm gonna say that because he doesn't have much of one anymore, and it's his Never. own fault. Not really, because no. he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's still rich enough to be fine. Yeah, he don't give the rest a shit. of his life. Yeah, he's not worried about it. Um, people still go like <gasps> Bruce Willis. So okay, so we have remakes that can be done. What about remakes you want to see done? You got any of those? You got something on top of your mind? I'll let Not you go really, first no. why I consider this. Honestly, it's weird that I would be very curious to see what they do with Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I could I could see that being done in a new way that, that is still enjoyable for like 
the youth of today, you know, um, that, I guess that kind of, uh, ties into a couple other questions I had for where we were talking about, but, uh, where we, I could go from that, but, um, we'll have to do those in the next podcast, Oh, which, uh, and go in the genre, the little things right there. Yeah. You'll have to listen next time and find out what, uh, <laughs> yeah. what I'm getting into. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, really, the, a lot of the things that come to mind first are movies that I really uh, don't like. Are, no, I already enjoy a lot to where I don't know that I'd want anybody to redo them. I'm trying to think of something that's like mediocre but had a really good plot or something that they could do again but better. Like, Aragon? I haven't read the books, so I don't have the I have fascination, no, but I've heard I have a lot of people. no knowledge um, of the books. If we go that route, I want to see a Dragon Ball that's yeah. of worth. I want to see a uh, Cirque du Freak. Uh, yeah, that's uh, another one I've heard. One that's, uh, that's done well. If we, we want to go this route. Uh, yeah. yeah. Avatar, that's... a Death Note live action that's worth a damn and maybe actually follows the reason well, why people the, like it. Like they're doing the uh, live a- the Last knew, Airbender. Yeah, but the uh, the the guys that were supposed to be on it that were from the original cartoon just quit because they thought they weren't holding true enough to the ideas within the story. So that doesn't necessarily mean doesn't anything. necessarily mean it's bad. But when the people that made the series so good are having enough issues where. You, you got to know at least that they know well enough that like, Hey, some things are going to need to be changed for live action to a certain extent. But when it, they're like, it's going against like the character nature. It's probably a little off. Um, so I mean, yeah, that death note fucking uh, live action. Don't ever, don't ever watch it. It, they literally took the part of the, the what is the main interest of the movie or the series and just got rid of it. Like, that's so upsetting. Um, but, yeah, so, like, some of those that were done terribly uh, could be redone with, you know, people who actually cared about the source material. That'd be awesome. Um, and and that's the thing is, like, a lot of us don't necessarily expect uh, a perfect adaptation. No. Well. Well, I mean, a lot of people would like a perfect ad- adaptation, a one for one. Basically. But it also depends. Like, what do people consider a perfect adaptation? Because well, I mean, a lot of people want to go direct from the source. This is like the people who always well, get. Pissy. That's why. What I was meaning was that most people know to a certain extent that it's not going to be a one for one, and that's what I was getting at. Is like, but a lot of people like f- who love the books of Harry Potter enjoy the films of Harry Potter because they have enough of the source material and they have enough of the basic of the basis of the characters. Yep. Same way with Lord of the Rings. They did enough that was book accurate to where the changes that were small weren't as, um, they were, they were able to go down, you know, spoonful of sugar and all that. Um, to keep in movie land. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, and that's, that's where my problem with, really all those movies are is that I understand you're going to change some stuff and that's, that's fine. But when you totally change who that character is or the plot, it sort setting, of seems like when it like the reason like Cirque to freak and, uh, even avatar last airbender, yeah. uh, whenever they did it, like they bunched too much together 
Like yeah. in the Search of Freak, didn't they put the first three books into one? Uh, they they tried to do yeah about the first three books all at once, and um, one of my main big issues with it, besides a couple of you know a lot of other little shit, was that one of the main characters. Um, uh, the way I always put it is that uh, they picked. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. He's in Talladega Nights and um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley, yeah, which. He's a good like character actor in other stuff where drama roles he can do too. Yeah. Um, but he decided to play the silly goofy version of himself for this film where the character in the books is more like Tywin Lannister would have been a good choice. The yeah. guy that plays him. Okay. And they picked John C. Riley doing his goofy aesthetic. Yeah. So you you done fucked up. You know, yeah, I mean like really. the guy that's stern and quiet and wants things done by the rules, you know, very precise. And then you get a guy like, hey, and <laughs> let's, let's do some huh, goofy pun, goofy pun. Oh, slapstick. You fucked up. Um, otherwise, you know, it could have been done okay. Um, Dragon Ball, they, they totally, like, changed everything and just ruined we know, that movie. We both know how little of that I've watched, and I've seen of, of the source I've yeah, watched. Yeah, yeah. I watched and I was like, one, this is not good. But yeah. two, they fucked up. Yeah. I mean, the the writer literally offered an apology and said, hey, I never read anything on this. I, I literally, like, glanced over it and wrote a script to get a paycheck. Like, I don't. Or Disney has it now. Well, technically, because Fox owned it. And so now Disney does. And Disney's talking about I don't think it. Disney would be a, do a bad job. I would think, because Disney tends to seem like they try to really delve in and that's the thing like i talked about that one time on one of our podcasts was that um it's one of the biggest franchises of all time yeah like if you do it right you've got a a, you got a, a, a movie franchise yeah and that's the same thing with like avatar uh which you know i haven't watched as much but I, it seems like they're like oh this is a big franchise and a big money maker let's throw out something they'll buy it regardless Whereas if you did it right, you could really profit off of it yeah. for a longer period instead of pissing off your entire fan base. Who, yeah, they bought a ticket most likely, but they're not going to come back for a second one. No, absolutely um, not. And so, like, uh, yeah, and I mean, Dragon Ball is and Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super are done in main story arcs, and you really could just take an arc make a film take an arc make a film where you could get you know six or seven movies probably if you you know wanted to sign really up play, in an yeah. avenger setup type thing you know you could you could pull that off um yeah it's gonna be budget heavy uh but disney can cover it yeah disney could cover that so it'd be great um so yeah a lot of those those movies that they just didn't uh provide enough actual care for yeah um i'd love to see any of those um, trying to think of a couple that had like really good concept, like like in time, uh, with Justin Timberlake yeah. it was a really cool idea. I thought it was done well, but it just never got the audience. Yeah, it was just um that it probably could have deserved. It was it was good. It was fine. I, I enjoyed it well enough, but like it had a good concept. Just go go back and run through Twilight Zone and just start making some <laughs> adequate go. movies from them. That's basically that's all you need to do. That's what I'd really like. I love a lot of those. Those are great. Still, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just a lot of those those uh, films that just didn't didn't work the first time around. I I would love to see again. Um, Hellboy's another bad remake. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Oof, man, I just just came to mind. That's almost an episode by itself yeah. because that movie. Sucked. Your your character on your shirt almost uh, gave me a Hellboy. His sunglasses on his head look like horn bumps. <laughs> that's how it worked. It's true. Nice. Yeah, that's uh. I me me and Michelle watched that. I rented it. Mm-hmm. I paid money for it. Yeah. And I pirate up. stuff. Yeah. And I paid money for it, and it was like we're sitting there. She's like, "Why are you still watching?" I was like, "Because I paid for it." And I'm watching. Like this is. Uh, so I feel like I have a pretty good uh, radar for uh, some of these movies where I'm like that looks terrible from the trailer and people are like, I watched it. It was horrible. I was like, I've never watched it. <laughs> I didn't ruin I looked, it. I looked at the trailer and uh, my Do you, radar you have not watched no. it. No. You know what sucks is though you, you watch that movie and you see David Harbour I, giving everything he has I couldn't try handle, to save the movie. I couldn't handle the visual aesthetic of Hellboy. I didn't no, like, it was... I did not like his design at It was all. really... You could tell he was struggling to act through the makeup. Uh, it wasn't like because I thought I thought uh, Ron Perlman did a pretty stellar job. He's uh, wonderful, um, especially as much makeup on he came yeah. off, which he's done it several times before. Yeah, he, and he was Vincent in Beauty and the Beast. That was he, when I first met met him. And he's got a very unique face, which fits that character a little yeah. better than David Harbour. But it was just yeah, his whole the makeup and the whole design I did not like. The general his aesthetic of the whole yeah. movie was kind of wonky. Um, I knew I saw what they were trying to go for. I knew what they're doing. They're trying to go closer to what the, I think the newer comic books look like. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. They work. said they were trying to go R rated to make it more like the comics, where it allows a little more gore, a little more. But watching uh, it, there was no need to make it R rated. No, and I mean, one, you've got a fan base one that was holds closely the Hellboy with Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro have a really good fan base and he's he's great for the aesthetic of that world with his uh, visual yes. uh, skills and even though it doesn't match the comic aesthetic it is a great translation for I the comic almost argue that people are more fans of those movies than of the comics possibly and if not, it's everyone, very close. Everyone knows that he wanted to do a trilogy, and that Ron Perlman wanted to do a trilogy, and it just they. they well, that was the thing too. I think that that people it stuck with people too was that Guillermo Guillermo del Toro Guillermo Guillermo. There it is. <laughs> Jesus, I always struggle with that. Uh, oh, wow, wow, wow. He uh, he went and told them like, hey yo, let's go ahead and make a third one. Ron Perlman's on board. Yeah. I'm on board. We can make it. And they're like. No, and he even said, "Let's make it rated R." And they're like, "No," yeah. and then it was a couple months later they announced they were remaking the movie, mm-hmm. remaking them, and it's gonna be rated R. I'm like, "Why?" When you have Guillermo del Toro, like, ready he to was do it. there and wanting already, to do it, and you already have a fan base set up from the original two, and it was supposed to play in with uh, the children of him and Liz, yeah. from the second film, and he already had it planned out. And they, I wonder if after that flop, I wonder if, if they'll revisit it and let him do it again. But I, I doubt. I think it's too late now. He's wanted to do so much things that have just been pulled out because of time. Like he was supposed to do the Hobbit. Yeah, and, and he but he bailed out of that because he didn't want to do it. 
Well, from what I heard was they kept postponing it and pushing it back. He was already in production of everything with the designs of the uh, costumes. That's why, that's everything. why everything didn't work out, work with that movie because you had Peter yeah. Jackson yeah. and Guillermo del Toro just didn't mesh well. And well, and he uh, well, that's one of the reasons they did so much CGI was because uh, they'd already pre-built everything for Guillermo del Toro's designs, and then Peter Jackson was like, "No, I want to change all the aesthetics." So they did it with CGI instead of the live act, which those movies are fine. Quite a little no, they're not. They're fine. Oh. Everybody gives them a hard time. They're fine. Um, Don't be a defender of them. Why? There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing particularly wrong with it. It works. <laughs> Exasperated. Uh, Elizabeth, I'm coming. Um, <laughs> now, uh, they're fine. I, like I've recently, they're not them. fine. They're fine. I have no no major problems. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, like not and, fine. And even those, like the Lord of the Rings series, like they're doing more of like Cimmerillion stuff. Amazon, it seems like, um, yeah, like Lord of the Rings might be one of those that we don't remake for quite a while. No, um, and there really is no need because yeah. Like even the some of the CG is a little dated, but not much. But of not it. not enough terribly. Of it. And and again, because the, if we're going with dated CG, then they could remake the prequel trilogy. That too. Um, <laughs> but CG aside, it was fun. Um, <laughs> I don't really care for. No, I'm talking about the Star Wars prequels. Uh, yeah, that's some. That's some dated shit. It was dated the day it came out. Well, no, I mean it was it was the first versions of those, really. I mean, Jar Jar is the first. Uh, the first episode one looks fine. It looked yeah. really pretty good. This second one, it's a little. It looks dated. I mean, and the final battle on on uh, Phantom Menace is is pretty rough too. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, it's, it's one of the first iterations of that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, so what the hell was I saying? What were we talking about? Ah, <laughs> I said the thing. I got lost. Um, you, you I think that might be the first time that it was legitimate had, that you legitimately don't know where you were going. <laughs> it's like that thing in the office. I feel like I've talked way more in this one. Yeah, you and I'm drawing. It's like the episode of The Office whenever Michael says, "Do you ever start a sentence and then don't know where it's going? I hope you find it along the way." <laughs> yes, I'm at, I'm actively uh, doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what this whole show <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm trying to think where I'm at here. Oh. You, were you listening? I wasn't. Listening. I really wasn't. I was tuning in and out. <laughs> I was kind of as I was sitting there thinking of when I could when I, I could sneak in another. I was talking about it the, wasn't okay. It was before I was talking about the Lord of the Rings is another one that's that's decent and uh yeah and helpful but uh, i was saying that lord of the rings also you know won best picture on return of the king which was kind of for the trilogy not just for return of the king but uh and effects and stuff it, it held so much prestige enough from critics and fans alike i don't think they really should touch it for a while no there's no need to that doesn't make sense to touch to to re- so like remake that. amazon doing you know the second age uh, that makes sense yeah uh, Game of Thrones. Talking about I, I once he finish if he finishes the book, then they, yeah, they should redo it. What? Uh, oh, he, the ending of if it. If he ever finishes the books, then they should redo it. That's a whole. Other, we should do that. That should be another one. We talk about defending 
the last season. Oh, but I don't want to. Yeah. It's so bad. No, we have to. Uh, from from like season five on, it's terrible. Terrible is a strong word now. Unenjoyable. Six has the Battle of the Bastards, and that's a pretty spectacular. Right, the the battle is yeah. I mean, there's aesthetics that are pleasing, but I'm saying story wise, there's a lot of issues from then on, especially for you know a bit of a book nerd version of it. Um, it's where they they ran out of uh some of the book spot yeah and they started doing dialogue and they totally fucked up characters because they don't know how to use my queen yeah they don't know what you're talking about the cat's licking his hand um i was talking about the lines that they gave john snow oh yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's like what are you oh you were that's a dude cat was licking his hand and he's like she's my queen so i was like oh okay yeah, all right weirdo <laughs> whatever she was holding your hand she had her little paw in your she did head. she was holding my little hand <laughs> um but uh yeah yeah so i mean all that payoff was bad but like one of my biggest issues is how they did peter baelish in it uh is is terrible yeah he did fumble it there yeah there's a lot bad but that's the fun part of it it's trying to fun part it is trying to find the disappointing part as an audience member doing like defending it like it's the fun part of it is trying to find there's no defense nuggets it's like when you have because his character essentially which in the book he's constantly helping he's he's too smart to make this stupid of a choice of going like hey i'm gonna marry you off to this guy who's gonna rape you why don't you want to marry me i don't get it yeah, I, it's, it's he's an idiot. Uh, once he hits that season, oh, it's although you did, it's all my idiot. plans. I ob- I apparently cannot create plans and can't preempt anybody's ideas now. It was a lot of it. Go, it speaks a lot to the the character, and I assume the actor as well. That even to the very end, people were like, "What if Peter Pales will come back?" Like it yeah, was like people yeah. were still. Hold it on his, hope. The actor's great, and yeah. he's very fitting for Peter Baelish. Even uh, George R. R. Martin, like that's one of the ones he points to as like being one of his biggest issues with the show is Baelish. Yeah, uh, or the Little Finger. Is, uh, I always feel dirty saying Little Finger. It does sound dirty. It sounds dirty. It's, so it's just about the the fingers, which so is a, a set of islands. But it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little finger sounds like a, a weird sex move. It is a weird sex move. That involves move. the pinky. So is the Baelish, though. So <laughs> Peter, my Baelish, baby. <laughs> <laughs> With your little finger. Uh, um, gnarly. <laughs> we work a little blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, do you have anything else to say about remakes? They're terrible. We should never touch anything. Never, again. never again. Just leave every movie that is is classic of it its time. Create some new shit. You worthless people. Yeah, they should remake Last Stand. Though. Stop and making X-Men new 3. material. They should uh, remake X Men Three Last Stand. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking monster. It's fine. That ending scene with uh, Hugh Jackman uh, destroying that is actually himself, pretty that, solid. That pretty much saves that movie for me. I don't save it. And but... then it jumps to the next. A Wolverine movie and he's dealing with like getting up in the woods and he's seeing visions of her because he's yeah. still guilt ridden about killing Wait, was her. Was that the next one or was Origins the next one? Origins is a prequel story. I, well I know that but I mean like did Origins I next? think came out next. Okay. But the next one in continuity was, was the, uh, the Wolverine. 
Yes. yes. So he's waking up in the Don't woods and he's like me. grown real lo- hair long. He's kind of feral and he's still guilt ridden and fucked up from killing her. That is pretty solid. So that makes three work for me. But Logan also kind of ignores it as well. But I think Logan's based in a different universe. Essentially. It, I think Logan it is based in the universe. Logan is, I think, based in the universe where only the first X-Men movie happened. Well, the way it's been interpreted that I've seen the most is that Logan is the real universe. The first three movies and the other movies we've seen are in the comics uh, interpretation. Okay. Well, they do mention the Statue of Liberty, though, in Logan. Yeah, well, because he says, he says a lot of these things happen, but not the way they were shown, or not you. the way you've seen them in the comic. So I think what those stories are are the comics interpretations of the events that did happen in his universe just what it was in the universe was the actual universe was real and scary and and based in real situations instead of in rated r a pun after you know stabbing someone in the face um so but yeah so that'll stick it to him yeah the way that it implied to me was that the movies happened to an extent but it's it was uh, filtered through the comic aesthetic. Um, so three works for me because of Wolverine that, a little no. bit to me. Well, all right, that's to each their that, own. That ending scene, it, it that it's ending done is, well. is yeah, it was the well build done. up is is the shitty. Ending was, and ending was better than that movie deserved. Yeah, because that movie was dog the, shit. Them trying to really build her up and then uh, do the. Uh, Brotherhood of Mutants versus uh, X-Men all together it was done clumsily but yeah the uh, the build up from the previous two movies of Hugh Jackman and Cyclops and I don't know why I'm like Hugh Jackman and Cyclops not Logan and Cyclops <laughs> Hugh Jackman himself is Wolverine so we can just use that interchangeably but Wolverine, Cyclops and Jean Grey uh, and you see his love and affection for that's unrequited throughout all that movie. Yeah. And then he's got to be the one to the killer, killer. Um, really pays off the trilogy to me in a way for him, for him. Yeah. Um, and then you see in him kind of fucked up from it later yeah. on. You, you want to see the anti-hero character of Wolverine kind of in a shitty place, yeah. <laughs> which is, is rough to say, but you know, I don't want to see him at a rave, happy and enjoying himself. You want him with a beer in his hand, like looking depressed about all the fucked up shit he's seen. Yeah, which is where which is Logan. Why, I was Logan that's works. why Logan works so well. He's the grizzled old uh, warrior who's seen some shit um, and doesn't have time for these kids' naivety. Naivete. Naivete. I know. I said it a naivete. little. Naivety. Naivety. I was going. I was. It was hard to say naivete in a forceful way. Naivete. Naivete. It was like I should just, innocence. Innocence. There it is. They're losing their innocence. No. Uh. <laughs> Not like that, that way. Through uh. war. Why you gotta go sexual? Oh, what? Who said I was going sexual? <laughs> I saw the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the only reason to go. Oh. <laughs> in that situation. Oh. I thought you were just referencing the fucking Aryan song. No, that's why you were disappointed. Aww. You thought I referenced R.E.M. No. That's even better. Don't do that. R.E.M. was the step above <laughs> taking virginity for you. It was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, that's a good point to leave off. Yeah, so uh, 
Yeah, so if you guys uh, have any ideas for topics you want to hear us uh, talk about, uh, whether any of the hosts that you hear, um, just uh, go ahead and hit me up on uh, any of my social media, which is Instagram and Twitter. It's at Motley underscore nerd. Uh, or you can also go to my TikTok and watch my stupid shenanigans, uh, Motley Nerd, all one word. Um, not all one word. That's not a part of it. Just Motley Nerd spelled together. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Filter all your questions through him because I hide from social media generally. Yeah, he does not have I'm social. A, he has social media. I'm a sneaky poster. I, I like things and periodically he'll he'll share things and, and then slip back into the darkness to watch. He's the like events. the Batman of Facebook. Exactly. I jump out to uh, dispense likes and happy faces and hearts and then bail. Like Batman. Yes. <laughs> does he dispense hearts though? He does. I guess. Just takes up the youngins that can have acrobatic skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, do that. And then until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Joe. What were we talking about? Molly Nerdcast.